Hey guys, welcome to CPL Fever. It's your host, Jack and Andrew Murray here, and today we are joined by D1 athlete, soccer player, and YouTuber, William Akio. How are you, William? And we're so glad you were able to make it today with us. I'm good. Thank you so much for uh, having me on CPL Fever, guys. Actually, I've seen this page and all my feed on my Instagram and stuff, YouTube. So it's finally nice to actually be on here and talking to you guys. Cool, well, cool. We're honored to talk with you because I, I look at your videos a lot, actually. I, I've recently started doing your fitness workout every day. And I really nice. like it. That's good. That's good. Thank you. Yeah, so we'll so we'll get into um, into a lot of that stuff, but I mean, uh, you know, we'll get into the YouTube, we'll get into to some of the soccer stuff, but starting off, um, you have a you have a pretty interesting story, right? You were born in in Kenya, and then you moved, mm-hmm. uh, you 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 were in a refugee camp, and then you came to Canada. Is that right? Yeah. So, how old were you when you when you moved from Kenya to to Canada? How old were you when when that was uh, going on? Three years old, going on to four. And yeah, came when I was very young, so I don't really, qu- I don't quite remember a lot. But you know, I knew my parents tell me stories and stuff, so it was a tough transition for sure. Yeah, and so I, you don't remember what it would, what it was like in in Kenya or or being in the refugee camp. But what did your parents say about that time, and and you know what, like what was what was kind of going on that that put put your whole family into into that situation um you know so my parents are from south sudan so that's about and they actually walked from south sudan to kenya so that's a lot of days walking on your feet you know what wow. i mean because there's civil war and there's a lot of killings and there's a lot of fighting so they had to they had to leave so they fled to a refugee camp where it was a little safer so where that's where kind of where we grew up and then from there on um, my dad was in canada at the time uh, he got a lucky opportunity to come to Canada, study a little bit, make some money, and then we kind of just waited for him to bring us over. So that's what happened. And yeah, it's, just, it's not it's not the safest place right now to be, but very slowly every day, hopefully, is, it is getting better. But the refugee camp is like the best spot where my parents can uh, kind of settle so they can have a little bit of a family. Right. And then when you got to Canada, what was that like? Because that must have been a, a transition, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Yeah, I suddenly you need all these all these winter clothes and stuff. You, yeah. you probably never even thought you'd. you'd uh... Yeah, crazy. Because when I got to Canada, it was it was a lot of just looking and observing. You know, that's the type of person I guess I was growing up when I was very young. Because I didn't really know the culture. I didn't know how to speak it. I didn't know like the different types of food that there was here. Because you know, over there you don't have your McDonald's. You don't have your you know you can't just go out and cook on your stove. And everything's completely different. So it was complete culture shock. And yeah, I just did a lot of observing. I was scared. Um, didn't really know what to say. I didn't speak very much first couple of years, and I just had to kind of soak everything all in. You know what I mean? So that was uh, that was my youth. Basically. And what what part of Canada did you did you grow up in? So we had, we went to Ottawa. We had some uh, we had some family friends that were there uh, before us, and we were there for a, a couple of years, one one or two years. And I went to a French immersion school, but even then, in that two years, I really didn't speak anything. I was just kind of there. Um, and then after two years in Ottawa, we moved to Calgary, Alberta, and we've been there since. Okay. Yeah. And your parents are, are still there in Calgary? Yeah, everyone, we're all in Calgary together as a family now. Okay. Yeah. So, 
I, I read that you kind of got into hockey first. Um, yeah. What was what was that? Just kind of like you know, like from from Kenya, and then you suddenly just see this sport called hockey. I mean, what was what was that like? So when we first came was actually you know in uh, elementary school. You know, we go off for recess and just kids would be playing out and stuff. And everybody played hockey. You know, hockey was the sport. It's you know, it's yeah. kind of best sport. So everybody have you know those mini sticks. So all my friends yeah. have. And then, you know, one day one of my good friends actually brought me a mini stick from his house. And then from there on, we were just out in the snow with our snow pants on, just playing uh, hockey with the mini sticks. And then I started watching hockey, Calgary Flames. And then, you know, I just grew a love for it. And, like, that was actually a big passion of mine playing hockey. I just wanted to find a sport for me that I enjoyed and just go at it 100%. So for me, it was hockey, the first sport that I seen. All my friends liked it. And it stuck with me for a few years, several years, and then I started to learn how to skate. I got good at it. I got good at skating, and then it was very expensive to join a lot of uh, like organized sports competitions and stuff. So I just kept on playing on my own with my friends and stuff, and it just went on from there. And you obviously played hockey first, and do you still play hockey to this day? Because obviously you're really big into soccer now. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I do play hockey a lot. I still, I still have a stick with me. And, you know, I'll go out in the street and just, like, with the ball or with the puck, and I'll just dangle around. It's fun. It's such a fun game to play. So, yeah, it is a fun game. <laughs> yeah, I still keep that with me for sure. Cool. And when did you um, transition into soccer? So At started, what age, probably? About, I would play, like, in the summers with my, with my younger brothers a little bit when I was probably, like, 10. And then, you know, once it came up to 12, I started seeing a lot of, like, you know, recreational uh, signs all over the community, and it was really, really cheap. So, you know, I went off. I went off for some tryouts, and actually, I had no. I don't know. You had to wear cleats or shin pads or anything. So, you know, my dad brought me out to a little recreational camp, a little local team, and the tryouts. All these kids had they had cleats on and nice shoes and everything, and I was just wearing my boots or my jeans, and I was just ready to start running around. So, I think it was after that tryout that I had that was like. It was just like a complete change. I just felt it in my heart, felt it in my head. I was like, this is this is my sport. This is my sport because just running all over the place, you know, slide, tumbling, jumping, hitting the ball. And it was just havoc, you know. I wouldn't sit in one position. I was a young player. I was just running all over the place. I had too much energy to burn out. So that's when it started. I was 12, and this has been going on since. Wow. Yeah, soccer is just so such a fun sport. Yeah, it just connected with me right away, man. It was It was really nice. I felt it. Yeah, so I mean, I guess I guess you must have been talented right away at it because twelve is is you know there's some players that that, that come to it. I think uh, I read Tosan Ricketts. Um, he he came to it when he was like thirteen. That's when he first started playing. But um, but yeah, so were you just talented right away because of your your just natural athleticism and and that yeah. that kind of ability to just run? Yeah, for me it was always my ability to just run. I always had the willingness to run and. It also helped out with fitness and stuff because, you know, during fitness testing and stuff growing up, I never really had any problems because I was just always a runner. So I would just run, do what I do best. And it stuck with me. It was just, it was really good being able to run at the ball super fast and defenders can't catch me. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty good at this, you know? <laughs> good at this. So I just kept on going, kept on running, and, you know, it got me to where I am today. Nice. Yeah, speed with a striker who has lots of speed is definitely a dangerous, dangerous combo. Uh, <laughs> you also really like Drogba, right? Yeah, Drogba. So yeah. what? What? What did you idolize about him? What did you like about him so much? 
So for me, when I first started playing, I didn't really watch. I didn't really know how to watch soccer. I didn't know, like, we didn't really have, like, a TV or channels or anything for a while. And, you know, once I started watching soccer, it was, it was, uh, Chelsea was one of the first, one of the first uh, teams I seen. And in the Champions League, when they beat Bayern Munich, that was one of, also one of the first games I'd seen. And that was, Drogba had an amazing game that game. And he's just so athletic, so powerful. Anything you give to him, he'll, he's able to control it, turn, and go towards goal. And as an African player, that was very, very huge. He like inspired a lot of African, a lot of young African players to you know continue and pursue going pro. And he's just he's very flexible with you know the way he plays. So for me, Drogba was was a very like very very idolized to me. And I remember one tournament, my first tournament I went to, uh, we came second, we lost in the finals. But my dad actually bought me a little soccer, soccer Chelsea soccer jersey. I think I still have it here. And he he bought it from a little like a little. Uh, you know in those tournaments you have little tents and stuff where they sell yeah. little yeah. yeah. There's a Chelsea jersey there, Drogba, and he bought it and I was like, Wow, this is sick. It's my first soccer jersey, so this is my team I'm gonna support. And then from there on I just I've been a Chelsea fan ever since then. So Yeah, we really like Chelsea too, and but every time he's my little brother sees the logo because he actually has a little Chelsea jersey, he got at three. Yeah. So every time he sees the Chelsea logo, he said, he screams Chelsea. Yeah. I actually, he actually hasn't seen your video where you're um where you have your Chelsea jersey. Yeah, yeah, I had to. I'm sure had... he'd I'm sure he'd scream about that too when he saw it. Yeah. And obviously Chelsea has made some amazing signings over the past couple, like I guess month, is it right? Um, with with Timo Werner. Yeah. And Hakim Ziyech, the Amsterdam wizard. Yeah. Um, so, do you think that Chelsea will win the, the Premier League next season? Honestly, I think they have a good chance. I think, you know, the Lampard, the signing he just made is very, very tactical. Um, people, I feel like people don't think that, a lot of people don't think it was a good signing. Well, people that don't even like Chelsea, but for me, I think it's a really good signing because you look at Ziyech, on the wing, you look at Timo Werner can play up top, and then, like you said, if they get uh, Havertz, he's a, he's also a very dangerous midfielder, can play alongside Pulisic, and I think with a kind of a young core like this, these six, six, seven players can really carry the team to something powerful. And I think they're going to come in as underdogs a little bit, and they're going to shock the Premier League next season. So that's yeah, and they, and almost that transfer ban almost worked to their advantage because. Mm -hmm. They sold Hazard and they had all that money left. And now, when every club is suffering and they can't make these big transfer moves, Chelsea's taking Chelsea's taking advantage of it, and they have one of the strongest squads. Really, all they need now is possibly like a really strong center back, maybe, because yeah. yeah. to go with Antonio Rudiger. But he has been doing a pretty good job on the on the transfer side yeah. of the game right in, in I quarantine. I wish Rudiger had a little bit of a better touch, but. You know, he'll do, he'll do for now. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of touch, right? So, so like, you know, you came to, you came to soccer, you know, maybe at like uh, at 12, obviously you, you played mm -hmm. sports before that, but when did you start working on, on your touch? Cause speed is one thing. And then, you know, there's, there's all these other things on the ball, um, mm -hmm. you know, being able to kind of, you know, do moves and, and keep control and, you know, as a yeah. striker, um, you know, doing that, doing that hold-up play. Yeah. When, when when did you start working on 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 those things, or was that was that did that come naturally to you as well? 
for me, it didn't really come as mine. It was really just the speed, kicking the ball out. And that was one of my problems. I would just kick it so far and have to chase after it, you know? And I couldn't really control, maneuver very good. So it was after like a season or two of playing, I was like, okay, now I know that I have to get better if I want to take this further. And that's also when I had like the dream of going pro. So right after like first and second year, I would just go out all the time by myself with my little brothers, you know? Sometimes I go until they get tired or they get mad at me because I'm screaming at them. And there's just like, I would go out all the time and I'll just really work on it on a wall, passing the ball back and forth, turning, kicking the ball out, trying to control it. And I just, like, I honestly fell in love with just doing those, like, simple drills and, like, improving yourself. But for me, I fell in love with improving my game. So I just started really, you know, probably like 13, 14, and I've just been going at it ever since, just waiting for my opportunity. Yeah, I'm really impressed with your with your work ethic. It seems that, you know, you really just, just have a, a great work ethic. How did you develop that? Or, you know, um, how did you kind of just decide, you know, I'm just really going to just focus in and and get really good at this because a lot of for a lot of people you know it's easy just to be like okay i've, I've practiced for a bit now i'm gonna play video mm -hmm. games or something like that yeah no it was like because growing up through the ranks i didn't really i didn't play at the highest level um i seen a lot of kids getting provincial call-ups and you know national team call-ups canada summer games and i never got any of that like people didn't really think i was good Coaches told me like I wasn't good, I wouldn't be able to make it and stuff. You know, this is just for fun for me. But deep down inside, I was like, you know, this isn't this isn't for fun. Like, like I'll cry, I cry over soccer still. You know what I mean? So it's a big deal to me. So for me, it was just just having people say all those things. For me, I kind of want to just prove them wrong and prove my you know prove it to myself as well and my family that you know I can really do something with the sport. So I just haven't stopped with that you know that line mentality, and I'm not going to stop until you know God tells me I can't no more. Nice. Yeah, I noticed on Twitter you, you, you highlight Proverbs 16.3. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what does that mean to you? You know, it's like when you commit to the Lord, you know, he will establish all your plans. So I just have all trust in God. And, you know, I know he's, 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 he's been there since the beginning. You know, I look back at my life and how I grew up, how my parents grew up. And just like, you know, the slimmest chance that I'm here doing what, I, doing what I can do, you know, helping out my family. And for me, that's just that quote means a lot because... You know, as, as long as I keep committing myself to him, my plans will slowly, you know, become true and I'll reach my dreams. And that's where I'm headed right now. Nice. Yeah. So right now you're playing D1, right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so we're in Canada and, yeah. and, and it's, it is a little bit different, you know, than, yeah, yeah. uh, than kind of how it is in the States. And a lot of yeah. people talk about this, you know, in U.S. soccer, like the whole kind of pyramid is is a little bit confusing. Yeah. So can you kind of explain, like, where you're at with, with D1 and then what what kind of the, the, the next step is? Okay, so here, like, this, I'm in my final season now. I've done three seasons here. Um, I'm a senior, and now I'm, capt I'm a captain of the HRGB men's soccer team here, which is exciting for my final year. And nice. All at the Rio, the Rio Congratulations. Grand, right? The University Rio of Texas. Yeah, RGB. So, yeah, so it basically starts off with, you know, there's NCAA Division One, and that's like the highest level of college sports. And then you have the D2s, and then you have the D3s, and then after D3s, you go to JUCO. So that's NCJAA. And those are like two-year programs. And you have the JUCO season, and then after that, you have, you have Canadian levels right under there. So you have like the CIS, from CIS, you have the league I played for two years in Calgary, the ACC, mm -hmm. and then so it's like 
is about six or seven tiers of the college. So NCAA D1 is, is the toughest, I personally think. A lot of kids have the same dream, and they work really hard too. And for me right now, it's just hopefully get into the draft or, you know, or just hopefully catch a coach's attention and hopefully I can just get a contract that way. Because the draft is kind of iffy right now. They might do it. They might not do it because a lot of kids who get drafted, there's over like 300 kids that get drafted a year and only three or four of them. You'll see them playing in the MLS in the first team. So people are thinking, what's the point of the draft if a lot of kids aren't actually playing? But right. that's, I'm just waiting for that opportunity right now. I feel like if I get a draft opportunity, I'm going to make the most of it. I'm not getting dropped. <laughs> so I've been working too hard. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, so basically, with with different universities in the in the states, like are they are they tiered? Like some universities are 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 D one and some yeah. are, are D two. Okay. Yeah, there's only about two. I think there's only about 190 or 290 D one teams, but there's over thousands of schools in this uh, in the states. But if you look at the um, rankings, the D one rankings, it'll show every single school. I think about 200 of them. So, and so then how did you? So how did you end up in in Texas? So it was actually very funny. So, you know, this starts with USL2, and I tried out for the Calgary Foils for people mm. don't know, but I tried out for, I think, two two years. I got cut both years, and then in the third year, I came back, and I was like, man, you better not cut me again. So I came back this, the third year, and he didn't sign me, but he didn't, he didn't really cut me. He's just like, you know, just keep playing. Maybe we'll sign you after you train for a while. So I was just like a training player. So I was training, 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 and then eventually he signed me after some good training sessions. You know, some of the players were talking to him, saying, you know, he's a good young kid. Just sign him on the team. And then he signed me, so I didn't really play that much that season. But the following season after, um, that was a really good season for me. I got to start in the PDL Western semifinals, and I scored a goal and got two assists, and we won Ooh. the game on. And, you know, there was, I think, 2,000 people watching online when I seen after. So... We went on to win the whole thing. So right before we won the championships, I got a message on my Facebook saying that, uh, you know, uh, from Donovan, I still remember his name is Donovan, and he said he worked for the Toros here, the USL championship team. And he's like, you know, there's a college here. I think you're really good. I think your, you know, athleticism, your strength, your mentality is very good for a young player. And we'd just like to give you a full contract, like a, a full scholarship to come down here to Texas. And I was like, that was a big, that was a that was a big time for me. I didn't really know what to do. I didn't really think much of it when I first got the message. I kind of just continued with my life. I didn't really know what to do. So I talked to my parents about it. And I prayed on it. And then eventually I just decided to go. It was very last minute. Season starts in about August. I got that mid-June. So I had to just quickly pack my bags and go. I didn't go on a visit or anything. So I was like, I'm just going to take a leap of faith. Wow. wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's a really fun story. I really like it. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was it was crazy. It was a lot to take in, but once I came here, I was just like super happy. It's like a lot of weight off my shoulders. Like it kind of kind of reassured to me I'm a good player and I can really go somewhere far in my life. So, and was that was that um, was that based on that 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 scout watching that one game, or mm-hmm. was it based on on that? And then he talked to your 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 coach in Calgary. Yeah. So basically, it was I think right before that. You guys know Marco Carducci. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. yeah so he won the he, Golden Glove Award in yeah. the inaugural. Yeah. So yeah, he's a very nice guy. I love him so much, and he 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 kind of recognized that I wasn't getting a lot of minutes, and I was eager to play. I was very young, and you know I had a lot of talents. So he actually played here in the Toros for the USL first season, 
and him and Donovan were, were close, and he knew that he worked with a college here. So he kind of sh- uh, sh- like messaged Donovan and said, you know, there's a young player here, Willie Macchio. He's really good. I think you guys should actually just take a look at him and see, you know, if this is something, this is something you guys would want. So he actually did that on his own, and, like, I, I appreciate him for that, to even just recognize my hard work because a lot of people really didn't. And for a player to recognize it, an ex-pro, was really nice. So he he did that, and then from there on, Donovan, they watched the Western, Semi- Western uh, final game, and it was just all pieced perfectly together, had a great game. So that's all, they had, that's all they needed to see. So then they came on, visited me, and we just we made the deal happen. Great. Wow, that is actually one of my favorite <laughs> soccer stories ever. I love it so much. I'm not sure why, why I love about it so much. I just love it so much. Thank you. Yeah. And so I'm sure, I'm sure also your, your work ethic um, went into that. Like you seem like one of those guys that kind of puts in the extra, extra practice and you know, yeah. is always hungry to kind of improve your game. And, and that's something that, that we respect. Mm-hmm. For me, I just try to be, I try to be different, you know, when I'm training, when I'm doing things, I try not to, you know, I guess I like to look at the older players and see what they're doing. Like for me, I like to look at better players and see what are they doing differently that, that I can learn from. So for me, it was looking at the starters and stuff, seeing how they moved, how they, you know, off the field and on the field. Like I, I was always an observer coming to Canada, you know what I mean? So I'm just trying to soak in everything from everyone. You know, I try to learn from every single person around me. So for me, it was just adding all those into myself and then, you know, going harder. Like I always love a challenge. I'll always challenge my teammates, my friends. And I'm super competitive. So it's just, it was just that driving me. And I just never, never took no for an answer. I never settled for less. I just always wanted more. I always want to be in uncomfortable situations just so I can grow more. And for me, it's just all about growing so I can one day help my family, which is the ultimate goal. Nice. And nice. And I, and you were talking about training a lot. So what is one skill you've been um, really working on the last 12 months? One skill. Hmm. I'm like say, one type of your game. Okay, I'm going to say probably cutting in from taking on defender, cutting in on my opposite foot, and being able to just like being able to smack you with my left left uh, left foot shot across the body. So that's a good one because if I can do it on my right and I can do it on my left, then I can always get out of situations wherever I'm at. So just working on pulling a move and hitting it on my left. You know, doing a cut, hitting it on my left. So that's probably one one skill I've been really focusing on. So I can pull it out of the box when I have to, because they might think I'm right-footed, but then I can come on on my left and do the exact same thing. Right. But, yeah, that actually really reminds me of Mason Greenwood, because I was listening to something about him before. Who? Yeah. Th- they were saying how he how he's like just, and I've watched a couple of his games, and he's so two-footed, and he's yeah. so young. <laughs> Mason Greenwood, Ronaldo. There's a lot of players, Santi Gazorla, they can shoot on both feet so well, and it's just nice to see. Right, that's one of the things that, I, that I'm trying to teach Jack. Uh, I, I taught him from a young age to work on both feet. Because a, yeah. a lot of the times, your chance is going to come on your off foot, you know? And that's, yeah. and that's where the shot is, and you, you, you don't have time, you know, mm-hmm. when the level gets harder and the speed of play gets faster, you don't have time to necessarily get it over on, on the other foot. So, yeah, yeah. you got to be able to, to handle it with both. And it's always in like game situations where, you know, you'll be so focused that, you know, even in training, if you don't score as many goals as you do to left foot, but you're training consistently, there'll be that time in a game where you just take it on your left and you shoot it and it feels so right. 
and it goes top corner and you're like, ah, that's because I was training, you know, and that's because I was focused. So that's, a, that's what I like to do. We just train all the time and your goals will come. It'll all come together. So as a number nine, um, you know, one of the, one of the things is, is kind of moving into space. So who, who are you, who do you try to, you mentioned you're, you're kind of trying to, trying to learn from different players. So who are you trying to learn from that, that, you know, where you can help create space as that striker kind of, you know, getting on the, on the, the blind side of the, of the center back. So for me, it was Cavani and Luis Suarez. I, I like, I watch their movements and they're, they're really good at it. And it's just, you know, watching your defenders, watching your midfielders and just watching the play. So the ball is getting switched over from a center back to a fullback. You know, I'm there and I see that it's coming before. So as the ball's traveling to my fullback, I'm making my first run. And my first run is coming in, like showing to feet. So as I'm running, showing into feet, the defender's behind me and he's just kind of creeping a little bit forward. And the second my fullback gets the ball, I'm, I'm turning right away. So it's a quick cut, V, one in, one out. And I always get that. You know that even if it's five inches ahead of him, just to get my shoulder around him and then I'm gone in front of goal. So I just like to read like the placement of the ball in the field. And I like to judge it at least five to ten, ten seconds early. And then also there's times that I like to sit offside a little bit, just be just in behind the defender and just kind of walk around. And then as you know, I make eye contact with my with my defender because the the defender defending me can't really see me because I'm behind him. And this was ours as well. And then as as soon as we make eye contact, that's when I make my run. I make my run in front of him and then I come back out in, in behind him. And it's just just to get the few yards ahead of your defender is really important because I can get a shot off very quickly. So there's a lot of kind of there's a lot of kind of tricks and and stuff yeah. when you're when you're playing striker about playing with the playing with the line and and trying to trying to mm -hmm. fool them that you're going one way. Cool. And I just like a striker. I, I was always a winger. I was always playing winger, but I started playing striker for Leon in the USL too, and that was a really good year for me. So my coach now he really likes to play me wherever really. He's gonna probably play me on the right side and then in the, in the number nine on the left side anywhere in the front three. I've really learned how to master those positions very well. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask about that because we talked to a couple strikers that are now playing center back in the in the oh, CPL, wow. um, <laughs> like uh, like Peter, Peter Schall and, and and Matthew, Matthew Arnone. Arnone. Um They were they were originally strikers and now they're playing center back. So I always like hearing if if players can play different positions. Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, yeah just because so you get that versatility. Yeah. And. I, and you mentioned Cavani and Luis Suarez, who are probably the purest and best two-man striker team right now in mm. the whole world. Are you a big fan of the Uruguayan team? Um, I'm a big fan of the, not necessarily the Uruguayan team, but more Barca. I'm a Barca fan. It's like, I'm a Barca fan when Chelsea's not playing, and I'm a Chelsea fan when Barca's not playing. So I love to watch Barca. Like, they're... Big inspiration for me. Like I love to watch them play. Messi's outstanding, and Suarez. Them together is like, it looks like magic when you watch them play. You know, like they do things that players just really cannot do whatsoever. You know, and so that's how I. That's how I started watching Suarez and Neymar when he left the PSG. That's when I started getting more into Cavani as well and stuff like that. So, yeah, that MSN trio is like probably one of the best Italian trios of all time. And what's amazing was they all came from rival South American countries. Yeah. So it was a so it was going to be a difficult thing to make them all gel really good. But now Lionel Messi is get it is 
w- just is trying to get Neymar back at every transfer yeah. window, every second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It makes the job easier for him. Yeah, for sure. So tell me about your about your channel, right? Because I mm-hmm. noticed you're doing some great things on YouTube. Um, yeah. And uh, you're making some fantastic videos there. When did you when did you start start uh, you know seeing that there was an opportunity to kind of create soccer videos um, on on YouTube? For me, uh, it was probably about five months ago where I just I started like I, up, I created my channel and it was that was after I had knee surgery after my third year um, I tore my meniscus and uh, what's that one meniscus MCL. And I had surgery, and that was like a very dark time in my life. So I had to just figure out what I like, what I could do to kill this time. And my my friend here, my friend uh, roommate here, uh, Jurabini, he's a YouTuber as well. And he kind of just told me to create a channel and just you know start talking about stuff, talking about your knee, talking about soccer stuff. You you know a lot of soccer players, so you know get in touch with them. And that's what I did. So I just slowly started with little workouts, talked about my rehab and stuff like that. Um, and then I stopped for a little bit because, you know, I didn't, I don't know what I really, I really wanted to continue doing it. And then just recently, about two months ago, um, I had a little, a few interviews with some professional soccer players and then yeah. that went well. And then from there on, I was just like, I started liking it a lot and I started getting used to editing and everything became a lot easier. So I just kept on going and I, I tried to upload a video every other day now. So it's pretty cool. Cool stuff. Yeah. And you, and you have... And I always see like these little um um all these little I guess it would I would say sound animations. I guess that's the right word for them, right? Yeah. The sound animations. Yeah. Yeah, it's all yeah, because it's always fun to hear a, fu- a fun new sound animation that you wouldn't normally hear in a video. <laughs> yeah, there's little sound animations, little roosters. You got funny ones, little jokes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you're doing some yeah, interviews too. How's that? How's that been going? Like, have you found people are, are pretty receptive when you want to do an interview or? Yeah, so I've, a lot of them, I've, I started with the Toros here. I know a lot of the professional players here and they have a lot of friends that watch, watch the videos and then, you know, I reach out to them and then they're willing to do it. So people are just willing to speak about their story. So, you know, kids can see the behind the scenes of becoming a pro and understand that it's, it's not easy, it's hard. And you're, you're going to go through some tough times. You just have to be ready for whenever it is. So, like they, the pros, they love the message that it's it's sending out to the kids. So it's something that you know I reach out to them and they'll do it right away. And it's cool because a lot of I was like kind of the first YouTuber to actually start a little trend like this going on with you know interviewing professional players. And I've seen a lot of bigger YouTubers slowly you know do kind of do the same thing. And it was kind of cool to see that kind of my idea was being was being mimicked by a lot of other people because it shows it shows a great message and it's. Like, I would watch Messi speak about a story in front of a camera, you know? And I think everyone else would, too. So, it was just, it was nice. Yeah, so many, so many players have so many different stories. Like, Mm -hmm. have so many amazing, amazing stories. Because with all of our interviews, you've always, I've always gotten such amazing, amazing stories. And even, and with your interviews and all these interviews, it really gives young kids like me a look behind the scenes on, how to become pro, or mm-hmm. just some tips. Yeah. And how yeah. much hard work and dedication it really takes. Mm-hmm. Like Peter Shale, Shamit Shom, mm-hmm. Joe, one of my good friends. Like everyone tells a different story, and you know you can make it if you just continue with your craft and you stick to it. Definitely. 
And you were talking about uh, like when you first started your YouTube channel, and I just have to say I'm so sorry that you like hurt your knee because I actually hurt my knee too. I fractured my patella, and oh. I was out for a long time too. So I'm so I hate knee injuries. So I just oh. want to say I'm so sorry that you got a knee injury because I really hate them. Yeah, it's tough. Tough was time. It, did it happen in game in a game or in a practice or? It happened just, you know, the last season. I was having a crazy season. We were ranked second in the nation. And then for the first two weeks, and then after four weeks, we were ranked 25th. And after six weeks, we stuck that 25th spot, and we were we punched our ticket to the NCAA tournament. If we just, you know, won two more games out of the last seven, which we were definitely going to do. And then, you know, we went to California. We had a game there. And I was feeling okay. Everything was going well. I hit the post in the first two minutes. Like I, I felt like I was going to score a hat-trick this game. And then I take, a, I take a touch on my on my chest. And as I turn, I just plant. I planted regularly. And as I planted, I just heard like my knee completely explode, the whole thing. And it wasn't pain. It was just like a quick explosion. And like for a second, I thought somebody like hit me or something. And I was like, what is that? And then I kept running. I kept running. And then my friend sends me ball down the line. So I run down the line. And I'm trying to run. But like my knee is not is not listening to me. <laughs> so I was like, no, my knee's done. So I just I just walked off the field as a coach. I'm, my knee my knee's not working anymore. It's done. So then after like ten minutes, it just started swelling up, and then I saw it happen. It was random, but that's that just comes to show that you really can't take the game for granted. You just gotta enjoy every moment you get when you're playing and just work super hard. And that's all I do now. Yeah. Was it was it on turf? It was on just on grass. Regular on grass. grass. Okay. Yeah. It might have been fatigue. I have no idea, but. It just it caught up to me randomly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of your strengths is is speed, right? So yeah. so you're very fast. So do you work on speed? Like, are there specific things that you do to to kind of improve that and make that even more of a strength? Yeah, I do a few workouts. Um, a lot of my friends will call it crazy, but it helps me a lot. <laughs> I'll, so I'll sprint up hills with you know some ankle weights on my ankle. I'll just do like 30 sprints up a hill, run up, walk down, run up, walk down. And then I'll do, I'll put cones on the hill and I'll dribble through the cones running uphill. So I'll do cuts, you know, scissors, everything, ball rolls while I'm going up the hill and then jog down and do that. And then I'll also do a lot of uh, lunges, like jumping lunges, jumping squats, and just a lot of, you know, agility work. Put some cones down, sprint from cone to cone and do that like a hundred times. Like just a lot of work. So, Mm. yeah. So that must, doing... yeah. That must work on your on your touch too, because if you're if you're running yeah. uphill with weights with a ball, then mm-hmm. if you're going flat without the weights, the ball will yeah. feel a lot a lot lighter. And after you do a workout like that for an hour and you run on a regular field, oh, you feel like you're flying instantly. Yeah. I don't really focus. I don't really do a lot of like um, heavy weight. I feel like the best the best to work on your speed is resistance. So I have a lot of bands. I do a lot of band work. To help my quads, to help my hamstrings, and help my calves, and that's also going to help my knees as well. So, uh, what about do you that do any stuff with a parachute? Parachute, I do. I, I'll do parachute sometimes, or sometimes I'll have the band. I'll wrap it around my my waist, and I'll have my my friend hold it as hard as he can, oh, and yeah. I'm for like a minute straight. Even if I'm not moving anywhere, I'm still all that pushing, and then once he lets go, whoo! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a lot of bands. I've done the parachute too. And it's just like little things like that that have really, uh, like my speed is really um, 
maximize a lot. And I feel like I've gotten a lot faster this offseason, focused on my injury. And I feel like I'm just, when I come back, I'm going to be a completely different player than I was last season. So, Right. That's good. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. Speed. And it's, what is your good. favorite speed drill? Because you've obviously said a lot of them and they all sound really fun. But what is your absolute favorite drill? My, my absolute favorite. So if I get like, I'll get like a 30, 30 to 45 pound plate and I'll hold it and I'll get in a, I'll get in a lunging lunging stance and I'll just jump and I'll just do jumping splits so I'll just jump switch jump switch and I'll do that 40 times and I'll do three sets of those so if you try and doing that you won't be able to walk after like that's 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 a really tough workout where my legs are wobbly after and it's hard for me to walk but once you know doing that for a couple months you really start to see a difference in your a difference in your uh, game for sure and then there's all you can do the same thing with the plate and you do side to side jump side to side side to side and you look at players like Adama Chore, he does all these workouts. So I, I, I find all these workouts from him on Wolverhampton. And he's mm-hmm. the best player in the world right now. So Yeah, Adama is one of my favorite players to watch. And it's just his speed, how he can kind of go slow and then he can speed up so fast. Yeah. And he always aims for Jimenez. And Jimenez always seems just to be able to get it past the goalie. Yeah, yeah, they work very well together. But yeah, Adama Chore, he does all these workouts. So... I pick my two or three best ones, and I'll add them to my workout plan every single every single day. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> and Adama's got really much better at, at crossing in the last yeah. uh, in the last year. He's really kind of worked on that. Mm-hmm. So he's 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 a dangerous player, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah now, he came up in La Masia. Yeah. Now, what about he um? Kept him. <laughs> what about what about like uh, stretching or like yoga or something like kind of the other side of the muscles, right? Um, is that important? Do you, do you feel like um, like you do a lot of that just to, to kind of keep limber after you've kind of put so much much weight or resistance on them? Yeah, people don't understand the importance of stretching. It's, uh, it's as a professional, you want to become a professional, you want to be play at the highest level, you got you to gotta be stretching, you got to be doing yoga, recovery. And that's something I didn't really do until my surgery. So after I had my surgery, I, I knew that this is something that I need to add to my game. And I stretch every single day. I try to stretch 45 minutes a day. Even if it's just on your bed or on the floor, anything, just try to find some stretches, some places to stretch. And I like to focus on my hamstrings, my quads, my calves. And then I like to do my lower back as well. And my groins, my hips. It's just because your legs, you look at your hips, they, they connect everything, you know. So I really got to take care of my hips and stuff. So stretching every single day for 45 minutes a day will change you. Will It will help you so much. You wake up to training, you don't feel sore. Like, I don't feel sore anymore when I wake up. It doesn't matter how hard the training session is. And it's because I focus on my stretching. I'll have an ice bath twice a week as well. And I know people hate those. I used to hate them too. But once you get used to it, it's so good for your body. So stretching is very underrated. But people need to stretch more. Okay. You have to stretch. Don't take it for granted. And you might be young. You might you can go all run all over the place. But okay. As you get older, so make sure you're stretching. Yeah, yeah, I've been trying to do a little more. A little, I've been trying to do more stretching, but it's not something that I just think about automatically. Like after my workout, I don't think, "Oh, okay, you should do some stretching now." I'm trying to work that into my brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, just ten minutes after every session. So you've actually noticed that you you have less pain, lactic acid buildup because you stretch now. Yeah, before I didn't stretch and like. I'd wake up and I'd be like, you know, that limping, so much pain. And then I have to kind of just run it off and get the adrenaline loose and then I don't feel it no more. But now 
now I can just wake up and you know I can go straight into a session, which is good. Yeah, stretching is very very important. That's great. Yeah. Also, uh, water. Like, do you find that you have to drink more water being down in in Texas? Yeah. Yeah, I gotta have at least ten to fifteen, you know, glasses a day of water. So, it's it's very it's very hot here. It gets up to like nine. Right now, it's probably like ninety something outside Fahrenheit. So it's it's scorching hot here. It's super hot. And we have games on the weekends around eleven to one p.m. So when our opponent oh. comes down, when our when our opponents come down here, we do that on purpose so they can really get a taste of the heat because we're kind of used to it. So yeah. it's a nice out here. <laughs> Yeah, because I was I was just talking to Jack about that. And I think that's why they they have the MLS games. They're either in the morning mm-hmm. or at night. Now the mm-hmm. MLS has has started back because it's it's down in Orlando where it's you know oh. hot and humid and mm-hmm. you know it's because <laughs> I'm like why are they playing games at like nine in the morning? <laughs> yeah, but then I'm kind it, of yeah. It's probably that was tough. The heat, the heat was. Tough. I got sick for like two weeks, and I just really couldn't do anything. I was like, oh, this heat is ridiculous right now, but. I got used to it, and it's good now. <laughs> I was training in Orlando once, and obviously coming from Nova Scotia, and it was like October um, when I went to Orlando, so I was pretty, so I was kind of used to almost it being a little coldish here in, at, in Nova Scotia right now, and then yeah. I go into Orlando, I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I supposed to train? Because I was supposed, I was training with A. Johnson there, mm-hmm. and it was just so hot i couldn't believe it. i was like i've probably been i i've been in las vegas so i've probably been that kind of heat before but mm-hmm. never training because i because when i was last in the las vegas i wasn't as like train 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 mm-hmm. um but i got heat exhaustion that day and I had to go to the hospital i was fine though everything was fine I just had to drink a lot of water yeah. I, in orlando i had i drank so much water it was it was incredible. It was just so hot all the time. And I hate having to be so hot and then going into such so cold, like, yeah. air conditioner. For I'd sure. rather be, just stay outside. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I do with um, training, because it's super hot here, I'll wear, I'll wear a thick layer so I sweat more. So when I sweat more, it's, it's, just, it's almost like a little challenge for myself to push harder because I'll get tired very quickly with a lot more layers on. So that's a little tip I do personally to push myself and make things a bit harder for myself, make myself a bit uncomfortable. So when it comes into game situations, the heat doesn't bother me at all, you know? I don't worry about the heat at all. So that's a nice little tip I like to do. Wear my scarf, wear my little long sleeve shirt, long pants, and then I just go and train in the scorching sun sometimes, so. Really, okay. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So you really, yeah, I can I can kind of see that that kind of ties into what we talked about, about work ethic, and you just kind of mm-hmm. want to really kind of challenge yourself as much so that mm-hmm. when the game time comes, you can really maximize your performance. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, and I had a question for you. Do you do a lot of, like, um, tactical work or stuff like that? Do you do a lot of tactical work? For me, tactical work comes from, you know, when I'm by myself. Obviously, like, when I'm with the team, we do we focus on a lot of tactical work because we're a very uh, possessional-based team. But when it's coming to my own, I like to just watch a lot of soccer, like, I'll just watch, like, you know, Barca, how they break down opponents, Bayern Munich. I'll just watch the best of the best. Even watch MLS games, too. And I'll just, I will do tactical work with my eyes, and I'll just like to watch, watch how players move, why they move into positions, you know, how the whole, uh, mid, the t- how the three midfielders are always 
combine with each other, how the striker connects with other people. So I'll watch a lot of tactical things and I'll try my best to do drills for myself, set some cones out, you know, run from cone to cone, try to open up and just look around. So I'll try my best to do tactical sessions on my own, but they usually come when I'm with the team. But I'll watch a lot of tactical sessions on YouTube and watch games, break down games myself, analyze them. And I feel like that helps me a lot. Yeah, I would, one thing that I try and do when watching the game, I try and find the triangles and how um, how the triangles kind of like link up everything. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Because it's all because the game triangles. <laughs> a very so, unique shape for a very u- unique game. It's yeah. a beautiful game. <laughs> so do you do you follow a, a special a special diet, William? Um, I actually just last month I did a cleanse, a ten day cleanse, to kind of just you know clean out my body a little bit, and that was just a full a full juice cleanse: celery, kale, spinach. Just uh, I have quinoa, and I don't really I don't really follow a special diet plan, but I pre- I eat pretty healthy. Myself, probably the most unhealthiest thing I eat is probably like ground beef and like too much ground beef and too much chicken. Like I try to not to eat too much meat, but you know I am African, so you know meat. We eat a lot of meat, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just I don't really I don't really go out and buy like a lot of junk food and stuff on my own, anyways, mm-hmm. because I know it's not it's not good for me. So I just try my try my best. I have lots of fruits. Um, I don't eat anything in the morning. My first meal every day is around two to three. Because I, I follow intermittent fasting. I have my first meal around two to three every day. And then, so I wake up, have like two, three glasses of water, and then just do my workout, do whatever I got to do. Drink a lot of water during the morning, and then I come back. And for my lunch, I'll have like an apple, some grapes, uh, maybe a little piece of toast with some peanut butter. And then I'll go until around seven or eight, and then I'll eat a big dinner. So that's like my meal all the time. So one heavy meal, and then one light meal, and then nothing in the morning. And that's just just helps me tone out and you know it releases a lot of bad toxins in my body and it, it just keeps me very fit you don't need a lot of food you don't need to eat a lot of food to survive every day that's what people don't understand a lot of people they just always eating always eating always eating. you don't need to eat that much food once your body gets used to a certain plan um it'll start to benefit from it so i just try to take away all the chocolates and sweets i try to stop that uh the most i can but sometimes i have my cravings too yeah yeah that's yeah. That's interesting. And, I'm I'm a big fan of of intermittent fasting too. Yeah. Um, and you know when I play, I like to I like to play. I guess I I guess I'd describe it as like a little bit hungry. Yes. Like yes. like like, yeah, me too. like I definitely don't want to eat a lot. I'd rather be, you know, maybe not even quite in a fasted state, but you know certainly you know not not have a lot there. Um, but I find it interesting that that you do like intermittent fasting and then you do all these all these workouts too like because like that's uh that's that's interesting because um i mean being just an athlete and then and then doing all those extra you know training and and running up the hill with with weights and stuff um, yeah but yeah that's that's good so you just find that the the intermittent fasting it's kind of just to kind of keep your body keep your body clean so that you kind of burn all the all the extra stuff off. Yeah, keep it clean, burn everything off, and it's always it's also like a mentality. It keeps it keeps sort of like it keeps you sharp. It keeps you aware because you, it's something you have to focus on. You can't really like because it's easy to just eat all day and get all lazy and stuff. But 
when you're not eating every single day until 2 or 3 p.m., you got to be kind of like aware of everything. You got you to gotta be mentally ready. So intermittent fasting, I think, has been one of the best switches I've done for myself, for sure. Yeah, what I found when I did it was it kind of resets how you think about being hungry because our society is so conditioned to like, you got to eat, you got to eat, why don't you yeah. eat? And then, and then when you do intermittent fasting, you just become a little bit more comfortable with being hungry and it doesn't yeah. scare you anymore. And no. then you can just be like, have a normal relationship with food instead of this cultural, like, you got to eat, you got to eat. Yeah, you know. Like, you know you're going to fall over. My meals a lot more now too, you know. Take yeah. my time, enjoy them more. And it's just, it feels like a better relationship with food. I don't abuse it. Yeah. So if you, so if you have a game at, at let's say, like, like noon or one, um, mm-hmm. are you going to, are you going to go to that game just fasted or just have water beforehand? I'll wake up, I'll eat, I'll have a lot of water and I'll have probably a bowl, of, a nice bowl of fruits and then maybe some almonds and stuff just before the game and that's it. And I'm ready to go. Cool. And yeah. I love that you eat apples because for me, apples are like one of the stable foods for me because I usually have like around three apples a day. Nice, <laughs> nice. Because I love apples so much. I love all fruit. I, I, if I'm, I get I love to have frozen blueberries and apples, and I always love when there's when pomegranates are in season. Yeah, I, I like to freeze all my food, so I put everything in the freezer: grapes, apples, you know, berries and stuff. And then I'll just eat them like that. Yeah, I love freezing my um, blueberries and pomegranates. They just taste so much more fresh. Yeah. And and putting apples in the fridge makes them taste so much more fresh too. Yeah. <laughs> Fruits just are so delicious. They're so good. And vegetables. I, I, I've turned into a vegetable guy too, so I'll, I'll eat a lot of vegetables and stuff. So. Yeah, I, I like quite a few veg. I like quite a few vegetables too, especially kale and asparagus. asparagus. I, and I like and I like raw carrots. I just love the yeah. crunch. The only one I can't eat is celery. I don't know why. I I can't swallow celery. Like you won't. I just can't do it. <laughs> I don't know if it's juices or something. It's like I don't know. It just tastes so weird. I can't eat celery, but I can. But eat what? Um, what's your favorite fruit and your favorite vegetable? My favorite fruit has got to be oranges. Okay. And my favorite vegetable, I'm gonna say probably zucchini. Zucchini. Oh yeah, zucchini is really yeah, good. Is nice. it's good. Yeah, I like zucchini. Yeah, especially if you cut in like little um like strips or like kind of like strips i guess and then and then you bake it that's really good and you can put some parmesan on salt and pepper gorgeous um though i wanted to ask you a bit about the cpl okay uh when did you hear about the canadian premier league so i heard of it um right like my last year when we won the championships for the uh the usl2 pdl was called at the time in 2018 and you know if I, if I wasn't to take the offer to come to full scholarship, I probably would have been there as one of the young players. Um, you know, the under-21, the three players that are under-21, I would have been there. But, yeah, I heard of it then, and, you know, I was super excited. And for me, it was a tough decision that I had to make. But I decided, actually, to come over here to just make everything easier on my family because we there's five, five boys, and it is very expensive. So if you take me out of the equation on a full-ride scholarship while I'm being taken care of here, my parents can focus more my younger brothers and stuff so that's what i decided to do but 
I was very excited for the CPL, and like I'm happy that we have we have a league in Canada. This is amazing. So all we need now is more academies and have kids come up through the ranks and you know take over their league because at the end of the day, this is their league, right? This is for the young yeah. kids. I'm just super excited to see how these young kids progress because at the end of the day, this is their league and they got to make it what they want. Yeah, I think this is now going to be a big era of Canadian soccer. I think we're kind of like on the outside of like the brink of making it into the World Cup. I think we could mm-hmm. and hopefully we could get into the quarterfinals. I'm hopeful that we could get, well, we're going to be in it in 2026, so it's going to be our second time. That's going to be good. Hopefully, time. hopefully I'm old enough. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, Carducci, uh, Carducci got a call up, right? Yeah, Carducci to, deal. To train with them. Yeah, so it's good. So, yeah, so I guess Calgary's your your team in the CPL, right? Is that the team? Yeah, okay. hometown. Yeah. Okay. So, so did um did you watch them a lot or just like highlights and stuff? No, I, I watched them a lot because you know when I left, um, and they ha- they were having the whole season going on. My my younger brother Victor Loturi, he's uh he he actually signed for them on the under twenty one contract. So he was oh playing. nice. And it was it was cool because you know he was he didn't didn't get to play as much as he probably you know deserved to, but he was on the team and I watched almost every single one of their games. And to see that to see their like progression, to see how 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 badly they dominated was really good. And it was it was nice for you know other other people around the world watching the CPL. We're like, wow, like, you know, we have a lot of talented players in Canada. It's just that maybe a lot of them haven't been given the chance. And with the CPL now, we've got players like Borges, players like Jill Waterman, you know, yeah. all these young players. And, you know, they're all over the world now. And it's it's really nice to see. I feel like a lot of Canadian players kind of had fell through the cracks because it's like so hard to get into a European academy. Or yeah. they'd have to go to the MLS or the USL, but now they kind of like an accessible way. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, they will get some academies soon because I think that would be a good step for them. But apparently, York Nine is preparing for a women's league too. And if AS, AS Blainsville um, joined the CPL, they already have an academy. They already have a women's team, so I think they'd be a, good, a nice addition to the CPL. Mm-hmm. I think the next five years is going to be very very important for the growth to see the academies grow up you know women's team go up and hopefully after five to seven years we'll have like a proper structure where we can compete you know we can be up there with mls up there with some european teams we can be at that level too because we have the we have the quality you know yeah what I mean? um i was just wondering because we're talking about canadian soccer when do you think canada will win the Concacaf? oh i'm hoping in the next Three years, hopefully. Um, we have we have a really good team. We have a super. Yeah, team. we have Junior Holet, Hol- Holet, um, Alfonso Davies, mm-hmm. and do you think that he should be as a winger? Because for Bayern Munich, they have so much attacking threat. They don't really need another winger, but for mm-hmm. Canada, they don't have as much attacking threat. And we do have a few upcoming left backs. I think, I think he, I think he's getting really. Comfortable. I think he's starting to realize his strength as a fullback, and I think if he stays in that position, he'll, it'll for him it'll just be going uphill. And you know, I think he wasn't he wasn't really bothered with switching from winger to left back because you know he didn't feel like his mentality is just as long as I get to play, everything everything is good. You know, so 
I think he's happy where he is, and I think he can get even better as a fullback. And right now, he's one of the best fullbacks players in the world, you know, and he's from Canada. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, you know, so. And you guys and, have a have a similar David story. might be going too, to right? like a Premier League. Because uh, Alfonso Davies came from a, a refugee camp as well, right? Yeah. And he came, he came to Canada yeah. at a young age. Mm-hmm. Almost the exact same thing. So it's just like, it's probably, you know, we probably have the same kind of man. You look at his mentality, probably the same thing. Like, you know, I just want to make it to help my family. And I'm just going to, like, you know, deal with everything. So when coach probably told him to go from left back to winger to left back, he probably didn't complain at all. He's probably like, yeah, I'm going to do exactly what you need me to do. And, you know, I'm going to succeed with it. And that's exactly what he did. So it's just being able to adapt to anything. And I think Alfonso is really, really, really inspiring for a lot of kids just to listen, work hard, and, you know, your goals will be established. Yeah, and Jonathan David is on the brink of a pretty big move with probably Serie A or the Premier League, I think. Yeah, yeah. Them two guys are different class. <laughs> yeah, but the, but we have a lot of other great name players like John, Jonathan Osorio. But being yeah. that, being that you, you, you're a striker, what do you think of the, of the strikers in, in Canada? The strikers in Canada? Yeah, like on, on, the, on the Canadian team. Uh, Cavallini. Jonathan is, David. I guess Jonathan David. Jonathan David. Is it just them two? Uh, um, yeah, I think, I think our strikers are very good. I think Jonathan David is just getting better. I think he's on the he's on the road of you know being as good as you know the greats as well. He can be up there for sure, and you know Cavallini. I think Cavallini's a very important player for Canada. He's very he's he's very he he helps out every game. You know he's scoring goals every game. He's getting assists every single game, and so are the young players Jonathan David and Alfonso. So I think it's just honestly a matter of time before we win something big. I think it's coming very soon. Yeah. yeah, me. Yeah, and though I think if we got like a really quality center back, we could really win something pretty soon. Because I just feel like sometimes the Canadian, like the center backs, kind of let something slip. And yeah. one sock, I listened to the one soccer hangouts, and they've been saying that a lot too. But because. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. He's like a veteran for the Canadian national team, and he's really good. But in like the 2026 World Cup, he's going to be really old. And I'm personally not a huge fan of Daniil Henry, so I'm not sure who really should be the center backs. Joel Waterman. <laughs> yeah, Joel Waterman. That's right. That's right. I just um, call Joel Waterman up. Yeah. But no, they look like Asperado too. A CPL yeah. back line. That'd well, you, yeah, you spoke to you spoke yeah. to, to Joel Waterman not not too long ago, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, he's one of my good uh, friends. I think, I think you did an interview with him, right? Yeah, played together for a couple of years, and he's good. He's getting really good. He's enjoying his time at Montreal, and hopefully his minutes just keep increasing, and then national teams gonna come up. And I think you know in the next five years there's gonna be a lot of, you know, there could be another Alphonse, there could be another Jonathan David, and I think once we have a nice core squad we'll be able to compete with, you know, the best players in the world, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we'll be able to start beating the U.S. more because we just beat, like, the U.S., like, in October. Yeah. Um, so I think it's kind of like the brink of can- of Canadian soccer. Um, but also, who were you excited to see Cavalry sign for this season? Uh, for this upcoming um, for me... Hmm, I'm going to say, uh, hmm. I'm going to say either, 
I'm going to say Hernandez. Uh, Hernandez? Jose Hernandez from Pacific? Jose Hernandez from Pacific, yeah. He's a good friend of my brother's. And, you know, just seeing them play all the time and hang out and stuff, it was just, it was nice because he has kind of, you know, he's he's always talked about his dream of playing pro and, you know, and he did it at Pacific and now he's moved to uh, Calvary FC, which is also a great team. And I think he's going to, he's going to help out as, you know, a young player and he has the right mindset. He trains all the time. You know, we talk all the time and I'm just super excited to see how his progression goes. I love, I, lo- I love seeing like young players and stuff come up to the ranks because it's just, it shows that, you know, they can really take it far if they just continue to keep working. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. What do you think about Robin coming out of retirement? Robin coming out of retirement. It was sad. I used to watch Robin all the time. He's. I know, me too. I, I was too, I was a little young, and yeah. I, and, but I was really starting to really like him. Mm-hmm. And then when I heard he was retiring, I was like, no, you can't retire. But uh-huh. I want to watch you more at the highest level. No, I don't want you to retire. Just play some more, please. Uh-huh. He's he's one of those players where like you, you know. So dynamic. Yeah, and you just kind of, you kind of forget that these players get old because you watch them all the time. They're always scoring goals, and it's like they never not score goals. So whenever you heard, I heard he was retiring, and it was it was kind of upsetting to see because he was a legend for Bayern Munich, won a lot of Champions Leagues, and you know he excited so many people. But seeing it seeing him retire is kind of sad. But at the same time, I'm just happy that I was kind of in an era to watch you know such a good player. And he actually just came out of retirement to sign for a lower league yeah. team. Hopefully, I can get to see him a little bit again. Yeah, I'm really excited to see him too. Um, he's gonna dominate there. in that. In that. Yeah. In that yeah. I, if he's on the right wing, I I feel kind of bad for the other teams. I kind of feel like you're. I I really because that, that team is already doing good, and pair and with Robin now, I feel like mm-hmm. they're just gonna dominate that league. <laughs> I just feel a, bad for the fullback and the center back on that side. Oh yeah, <laughs> I feel bad for all of the center backs. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, are you the only um, are you the only Canadian down at at, at Rio Grande right now? Um, we have another one, Trevor Trevor Schneider. He played uh, Whitecaps Academy growing up. He's a, he's our goalie here, and then we have another player, Eliad. He's a fullback. He's also from BC. So we got a couple of BC boys. I think they're all BC boys. We have another and the third one who just signed for us. So, all BC boys. Okay. And what is it like um, being a Canadian in the U.S. right now? Um, you know, I still do count as international player. So, you know, I'm still in that category of international spots when you try to go pro because there's only like three to four spots a team. And you know, being a Canadian here, it's uh, it's not that big of a difference. I just think the only difference here is just I feel like you have to kind of prove yourself. If you're not an American, I guess, you have to kind of prove yourself more, work a little bit harder because, you know, you're coming from a different place and you're coming here to really prove yourself. So you got to make sure you stand out. And, you know, that's just what I've been trying to do since I've been here, just to stand out and give coaches and, you know, scouts a little bit extra that other people don't give. Yeah, yeah, and speaking of standout, I I was just wondering, what is, do you do any skill moves on like defenders? And if you do, what is your favorite skill move to use on them? My favorite, so my favorite. I don't even know if you can call this a skill move, but my favorite skill move is probably you know dropping my shoulder and just literally just kicking the ball around them, like just a little tap it around them because my I'm very fast and you know yeah 
I've yet to have a defender really, you know, shut down my speed in the game. So I just keep on using it. And my the scissors, I like to hit the scissors on my right, take it on my left, or hit the scissors on my left, and then take it out on my right. So kick the ball around him and sprint down the line. So, yeah, those are definitely two of the most easiest, but mo- but they are so effective. Yeah, like look, you look at Mbappe and Neymar, the way they hit the scissors and they just tap the ball on the line and zoom, nobody can really catch. So those are those are my two favorite skills right now for sure. Nice, yeah, I love I love to watch that when you when when you see someone you know just drop the shoulder and, and then nick it around the the player yeah. and then still beat them to the ball. Yeah, yeah, that's. Time. I love Beautiful. watching scissors. Yeah. <laughs> what's your What's your favorite skill move? Oh, mine. Um, I like the three step shuffle, which I made. It's when you're you jump almost like to the to the side, and you move your right foot around the ball, hit it with your left foot while you're still in the air, and then with the foot that just um, your leading foot, you hit it back that way. So it's so it's like a triangle. That oh, way. Okay, so that's- or, yeah, or La Croqueta. <laughs> that, that, those two are my favorites. Mm-hmm. Daddy um, is a fullback, so he doesn't do too many moves. But I love watching him like do a run. It's, when, he, when he wants to go fast, it's so much fun to watch him go fast. <laughs> overlap. He's on the run. I'm down the line. Overlap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you want the technical skill moves, it's, it's him. He'll, he'll make me go like that. But uh, I can I can still beat him with speed. <laughs> that's uh, that's my go-to move. Yeah, and a little and a little shoulder, you know. Little yeah. Arm. Gotta use gotta use any advantage I have at this stage. He's getting good. Yeah. <laughs> and did anyone in your family play soccer? And if so, did they play at a high level? So it's just basically there's me. My older brother didn't really play. But I was, I kind of started the soccer in the family. And then uh, all my younger brothers after me, they all play. So there's me, there's David, who plays at college at State, the college I played there for two years. And then there's Victor. He's uh, training with the Cavalry right now, uh, looking to get signed again. And then there's my youngest brother, Alex, and he's with the Calgary Foothills. So we all play. And obviously, we all, I feel like we all have the same dream. They all have the same dream as me. And we're just, we all play together. Anytime when I come back home, we're always training together 24-7. So we all play soccer all the time. Wow, that's cool. Do they, do, do they play the same position as you? Do they play striker or do they play different? I'm a forward. Um, my brother David is a defender on the outside back, fullback. Yeah. Is a midfielder. Just, mm-hmm. you know, not really have the pace, but his technical abilities is outstanding. And then my younger brother, Alex, he's like me. He's a forward. So he'll play on the wing or up top, so. Yeah, we're okay. all kind of, and so it's kind of cool. So you can almost make a full team. Full yeah, we can. <laughs> I remember we played men's league together, uh, three of us, me, David, and Victor, and we got a defender, a midfielder, and a forward. So it was cool linking up with them. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. It's like a four-side team. Yeah, we just need four more brothers now, and then I think we yeah. <laughs> yeah, 11. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're, I was just – I. Just wanted to know. You've talked about a lot of great players. What would be your ultimate five-a-side team? They could be retired, or um, anything. This is a great question. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, I'm gonna have. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't prepare you for that. <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna have. So, what position? I'd play two. I play a two-on-two. 
Okay. And I have Maldini. Okay. I'll have Ashley Cole. I'll have in the middle Iniesta. And then I'll have Messi and Ronaldinho. That's a nice team. That's a good team. <laughs> yeah, if I was saying, oh, only five players too. That's crazy. <laughs> There's so much good ones, you know. But if I had to choose five, I'm playing with that five. Okay, yeah. cool. And I'll be a substitute on the bench. I'll just be ready to go on when they're ready. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd just be amazing to see them so close, though. Yeah. And oh and to play alongside with um, some of them, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> So um, after um, so after this year, what are your what are your plans? So my plans are just hopefully, um, if there's still going to be a draft, hopefully get myself in there. Um, I look like I have a chance as a Canadian player. Um, I feel like I'm one of the top Canadian here right now. So hopefully get in the draft, and if not get in the draft, then just continue to talk to some some agents and some teams, coaches, and my coaches really helpful with that and he really believes that I have a really good chance so he's really going to help me and that's a big reason why he can be captaincy this year so either USL or MLS MLS is the is the goal right now that's why I came here but if I have to play USL this season or so to get to MLS then I will and then there's always the CPL I can always come back home so it's just amazing to have all these options so as long as I stay healthy and I just continue with the plan I'm, I'm on right now I'll get something so it's just going pro from here it's got to go pro. I want to go That's pro. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, exciting. Three, three great leagues. <laughs> yeah. Three great leagues. And just need to make one of them. Nice. Yeah. And I have a few more um, miscellaneous questions. And then we're going to move into the rapid fire. Uh, so is there a special training ball or train tool that you like to use? Obviously, you told us that you like to use a, like, um, a plate, right? Yeah. So I, I always have bands if there's one special tool for training i always have bands with me i always have a long band and a small band and then if i can carry weights around i'll have a little plate with me as well but the bands i always have a band with me i've always had for several years now everywhere. yeah they're yeah they're really light and they really work on your um like they really work they really work and they're so light <laughs> mm, you can you can use a band for every single muscle in your body so as long as you just know how to work it you can a band is beneficial everywhere you are and have you learned uh to do the band work from uh your your coaches or just just kind of someone um, else from youtube or uh yeah we're watching youtube videos and also a big reason was after my surgery i just really started to research a lot about you know health and how to take care of yourself and how to you know come back stronger and that's just been a big a big, it was a big transition for me. Is really after my my surgery, so my physio as well would tell me, you know, do a lot of band work and stuff, and I've just been sticking with that ever since, and it's been helping me a lot. Like I see lots of improvement. Nice, that's good. And you are obviously really, really wise for your age, and you've given us so much like good knowledge, but. Um, do you have any more advice for young players or players trying to go pro? Um, yeah, I always tell them, like, at the end of the day, you know, you, you have to understand who you are. You have to understand, you know, you have to find out who you are. You have to find out what you like, what you love. And you have to just 
really go for it. So you know, if you're if you're if you say you love the game and you want to take it far, you have to be able to you know you have to be able to do the hard work that comes with it. You know what I mean? You have to be able to you have to be ready for a coach to tell you you're not good enough or you know you're not going to make it this year, and you have to be ready to accept that, soak it in, and use it as a driving force because I feel like a lot of kids they don't really they don't yet understand that. Um, not everything in the pro life or becoming a pro is easy. It's really hard, and that's why a lot of them they do they stop, you know, throughout throughout the journey. But it's just keeping staying grounded and being able to deal with all the negativity and all the hard times. Because if you can deal with all that all that bad stuff, you'll be at at the end of it, it'll be good, and the good will be a professional contract. So just stick with it. Stick with your dream. Don't let anybody tell you different. No matter what, you know, if you feel like this is something for you. And people and people think and people are telling you that it's not. It means you're doing something right. You know what I mean. So just stick with it and don't stop until you reach your end goal. You look Definitely. Jamie Vardy. You know, yeah. He said, pro, he went pro at 26, 27. And now he's worth multi millions at you know Leicester City, and he won a championship. Something that never happened. So you just gotta believe in your goals and just keep going. Yeah, because he's he became a pro so late, but now he's playing at one of the best teams in the world and he won a Premier League he um, is leading the Golden Boot race right now I believe but yeah. I wonder if he'll win it because Le- Leicester um, are doing quite poorly yeah. for um, since the break um, well then I guess we should go into our rapid fire so I think I saw one of your videos you play FIFA I'm pretty sure you play PS4 right <laughs> yeah okay uh, do you have a nickname? Willie. Everyone calls me Willie back home. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, well, you cook, but I saw you do cook. Yeah. Um, I cook anything. I cook anything. What's your favorite thing to cook? My favorite thing to cook is probably I'll make like a stir fry with rice, chicken, potatoes, um, celery, corn, carrots. I'll just make it into like a big stir fry with some garlic toast. Nice. That sounds tasty. Sounds good. And you can eat celery and stir fry. I can eat. That's. I can eat celery and stir fry, but I just. I can't crunch on it or dip it in peanut butter. That's not me. <laughs> if if you could have any superpower in the world, what would you like to have? Um, flying. Flying. Yeah, I like yeah, to fly. Yeah, flying would be really fun, and that would be really beneficial if you just worked on your touch. You could fly around the pitch and yeah. fly past the goalie. <laughs> inch off the ground so it doesn't look too real, and I can just burst. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and what uh, what food does everybody need to try? What food does everybody need to try? Everybody needs to try my mother's fried chicken and rice. Oh, it sounds good. <laughs> you know, fried chicken and rice. Yeah, sign me up. It's really good. And what's your favorite movie? Wow, that's a good one. My favorite movie is... Ah, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Nice. Right there, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, I've, I've only read the books. So, I've actually I've seen half of the first one. Um, what's your favorite book? My favorite book is. Hmm, I don't think I have a favorite book. My favorite book is the Bible. Okay. 
Yeah. Good answer. And fun. what's your favorite board game? Monopoly. Okay. I don't ever lose. Send you that right now. <laughs> competitive game. <laughs> the, amount of, the amount of arguments I've had. Yeah, Monopoly. You're not competitive in everything, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not. Yeah, Monopoly is fun. Monopoly is really fun. What's your favorite board game? Small World or Small. Loaded Questions. Okay. Small, Small World is about a, a team, like you're a race and you have to take over all of these spots and for each spot you get a coin and you have 10 turns and, after, and um, at the end you see how many, how many coins you have and you fight the other races. Oh, and okay. each race has a, sep a special power so it makes it easier to conquer the land. Okay. And little question is like a card, and each card has four, um, four questions, and you can ask them that. And the other, the person who reads a card is mm -hmm. going to be guessing what everybody else um, wrote down. So everybody else who's not reading the question is going to write down the answer. And depending on how many the guesser got right, mm -hmm. that's how many spaces he'll move. Oh, okay, that's a tactical game. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, it's hilarious really at times too. But my my favorite game is probably Uno. Like Uno. Oh, Uno, yeah, Uno is fun. Uno is fun. It, game. Everybody said everybody says it takes too long. Yeah, uh, maybe. But so the Monopoly and Uno both take really long. But I think I can stay for a game of Uno. <laughs> um, and what kind of soccer boots do you wear? I wear. Adidas. I'll wear anything. Usually Adidas. Adidas. They fit my feet. They they fit my feet the best. That's why I wear them. I I wear a lot of Nike shoes, and my feet would always hurt. So I kind of switched over to Adidas. And now we're changed our sponsorship from Adidas here to Under Armour. So I'm excited to see what kind of Under Armour shoes I get. This season. Okay. Yeah. And what is one thing that people don't know about you that would that they would be surprised to know about you? Um. I can regurgitate things very well. Okay. Large, small object. I can, I'm just, I don't know why. I can just regurgitate. I can have it sit like right here and I can just bring it back out. It's kind of disgusting, but. <laughs> okay. Um, three words to define you. What would they be? I have a guess. Driven, determined, and disciplined. Yeah, I thought so. It's in your um, YouTube art. Yeah, it's my YouTube uh, the 3Ds. And and that was actually my last rapid fire question. I have so much fun with these rapid fire questions that I for, that I um forget how fast I go through them. Yeah. Um. But thank you so much, Willie, for sitting down with us. It was so awesome to chat with you. I had a great time listening to all of your advice. And and I enjoyed so much talking soccer with you. It's so much fun to talk soccer with someone, especially Chelsea, because I find Chelsea is one of the hot topics to talk about right now. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, man, this means a lot. Um, thank you guys for reaching out. And, you know, it just it shows me that, you know, people, you know, kind of do care about what's going on in my life and, you know, the things I like to say and the message I like to spread. So it means a lot to me, guys. Thank you so much for having me in this episode. Yeah, and I think you. I think you've really shared some some great stuff. And um, for people that are watching this, we're gonna put links to your channel because you got some great tutorials and and stuff where you're teaching some real, real, uh, real good stuff for mm -hmm. for uh, that that people 
um, who are interested in soccer can can definitely learn a lot from your channel. They should hop over yeah. there and subscribe. And we will also put down his Instagram and Twitter. And I want to thank William again for coming on. We really appreciate it. it was, and it was just such a fun conversation. Yeah, thank you guys. Hopefully, you know, one day I'm a pro, we can do this again. So, Yeah, yeah. that sounds good. We'll be following your career and uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch and, and uh, keep seeing what, what you got going on on your, on your channel. Awesome. Thank you so All much. So guys. keep making videos. Well, cool. Thanks so much for doing this interview with us, William. And, um, you know, good luck on, on, uh, the rest of the season and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be following you. Awesome. All right. Good luck with your season two. Stay healthy and, you know, keep working hard. Thanks awesome. so much for your generosity, William. Awesome. Thank you guys. Okay. Peace out. Bye. Yeah. Thanks.